Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I am, of course, joined by my good friend, Brian Hooper. We had to do a show after the uh, large-scale discussion about RFK Jr. He, of course, went on Joe Rogan and and really just opened Brian and I into our favorite topic, which is uh, who is pulling the strings and uh, why are those the strings being pulled? Always enjoy talking to Brian. Of course, that was not the only subject touched on here. Really enjoy talking to him. Hope that you guys enjoy this episode. If you want to support this show, you can subscribe to patreon.com slash takecast. A link to that is in the description of this program. You're going to get bonus episodes, some Dynasty Fantasy Football rankings, lots of uh, lots of stuff going on there. You can tell a friend about the program, or you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcoming Brian Hoomber back into the program. We've been doing these shows mostly on the paid Patreon feed, but I think the uh, what we're going to start talking about today is enough in the discourse that it merits being on the primary feed this week. Um, Brian, uh, I mean, first off, How's it going? How's uh, campaigning for RFK Jr. going? Are you are you you knocking on doors? Have you how many people have you converted to to the you know to the good guys so far? Uh, phone banking, doing a lot of phone banking. Um, I actually used to have to do that. I for for uh, I believe you candidates here in Illinois. It's it's a painful painful process. I feel I always thought that was like a weird. This is a little aside, but like weird about. There's people who like legitimately do that. They're like they they don't work there and like kind of have to, you know, they're like voluntold to. Like they want to go knock on other people's doors and 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 convert them to this this politician that they love so much. It's just so strange to me. Even when I was one of the, you know, one of them. But um he I I mean I have to I have to admit he is he's He's growing on me. He's hitting all, a lot of the beats, Davis, that you love too. If you if you if you listen close, if you don't even have to listen close, you just have to listen at all. But um, he's he's not a liberty bro by any stretch. Uh, he's had a lot of anti-liberty um, positions. I mean, his his primary positions are are extremely anti-liberty. It, um, sh- well, we'd have to probably go one by one, but. Um, 
his, I mean, I think he has uh, changed his tune in the last few years. Um, and, um, you know, he's really, he's really good on war. Uh, yeah. I mean, so like, I think that if I sat down in a room and just went, started going line by line on policy with, uh, with RFK Jr., I think we would find a lot of things to agree on. Um, and the, the thing, you know, obviously he goes on Rogan is very anti-vaccine, anti-Fauci. Um, and I mean, I, we could definitely find some common ground on being against big pharma. I'm certainly not pro big pharma, just really not big pro corporations in general. Um, what I find so interesting is that he has really harnessed these right wing talking points. The, they, they, you know, you could say fundamentally, none of these things are right wing. None of these things are conservative. None of these things are Republican or whatever. It's just sort of the, it's, it's been born out of the culture war in the United States. Um, like I think in general, uh, 10 years ago, vaccines were such a fringe thing. They were barely political. Now there was anti-vaccine activism in the United States, you know, uh, Jenny McCarthy and right. vaccines cause autism and, and all of these things. Like it, it's something that has existed, but obviously it was born out of COVID. But I do, I think certainly there was a, a market to be made for a left-wing anti-vaccine, anti-pharmaceutical company politician, right? Because there are plenty of people who are just like, I'm never voting for Trump. I'm never voting for DeSantis. I, I don't care about a lot of the woke bullshit. That's not that's not it for me. I do believe in the power of the state, but I'm mad about how COVID played out. I'm mad about the vaccine. I'm mad about the stay-at-home orders. I'm, I'm mad about these things. And I'd like to vote for someone who doesn't give me the willies the way Trump gives a lot of uh, you know well-meaning lib people the willies. And so a politician like RFK Jr. was inevitable, I believe. Um, and I just, I find this all from like a sociological perspective, extremely fascinating. It really is interesting. I like that he's in the race and like, just from a pure entertainment <laughs> perspective, uh, this race is a lot more interesting than, uh, last one for sure. And even, even the, well, the, the original Trump one was fairly interesting, but, um, I, I agree with you that it's definitely raised the interest. I, I mean, I, I kind of disagree with you that he is like using right wing talking points. I think that's very like recent. Uh, no, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm not saying that this is historically conservative or anything like that. I'm saying yeah. that he is he's plugging in to the culture war right now and he's pulling this right wing talking point, but with left wing policy ideas behind it. I think I, I so this this is I think where we disagree. Like I remember I sent you a, a Michael Tracy uh, uh, tweet in our DMs. I can't even remember what it was. It doesn't matter. And you and you responded like, "I'm surprised you don't love that guy" or something like that. And I'm like, "Why does he? Why would he think I I love or don't love Michael Tracy?" And I think what it is is like there is it's hard to describe. Maybe like a civil war amongst lefties. Like, I don't think there's a, this is right versus left. I think it's all lefty. Well, uh, yes, because the left wing is split into people who will just buy whatever the state says. And or, or left maybe, wing maybe establishment, like a little uh, against the yes. establishment lefties, but it's all lefties. Like Glenn yeah. Greenwald is lefty. Like there's no way you can, mm. 
There's no way you could go by his policies. He's a gay dude who married a minority guy who adopts kids, who is is for um, pro-choice, pro-universal uh, health care, basically a communist. He's totally a lefty. It's just an establishment lefty civil war. And so you go, no, he's other. So he has it's binary thinking. It's like, no, he's a lefty. They're all lefties. Michael Tracy's a lefty. JFK, RFK is a lefty. They're all lefties. So like uh, you, you could call them fine. No, I disagree. They're, they're all righties. Fine. Fine. No, no. This, this I, is I how think I see it. They're, they're not on my side. I wonder, I wonder if maybe what's going on is that actually the world has become so complex and the amount of things that the federal government has its hands in are so complex that just being a righty or a lefty, I mean, these are, these are things that just don't even really apply, you know, like, there, there's probably no, it's, it's sort of like we're all, uh, you know, our, our little individual snowflakes and there, there's no one out there that agrees, you know, people are, are, there's no one-to-one political beliefs anywhere it's like the, in the it, world it's, anymore. It's the friend enemy distinction. You know, they're, they're not a friend anymore. So they're an enemy. So I'm going to call them right. So like whatever right is, it's just my enemy. Sure. So, um, like, which is fine and good strategy too, by the way. I don't know if they're realizing that it's good strategy. That I think they're just and and there's also a big difference between me and you and Denny and people like that who have no power, no influence, or whatever. I don't care. Like it does. It literally does not matter what we say. Right. Like, that, sure. like I'm talking about people with power and influence, and uh, and they're infighting. Right. So like you could always give me an example of you know. Jim Bob down the street, who's just like this crazy uh, libertarian guy or, you know, some hardcore uh, communist guy. And it's like, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. Like they're not, they're not involved here in any of these decisions, but like Glenn Greenwald and RFK, they kind of are. I mean that this, so this is the number one thing. Well, there's a couple of things that have bristled me about RFK Jr. The number one thing, though, is the is the pretending that this is an outsider, that this is a guy who's here to, uh, you know, disrupt the norm and, you know, go against the oligarchy. Uh, like it just he graduated from Harvard. Yeah, he is a Kennedy, like literally his uncle. His uncle was John F. Kennedy. You know, his dad was Robert Kennedy. These are these are absolute titans of politics in the United States in, in our history. I mean, John F. Kennedy was involved in some of like the largest wide sweeping. He was not president for very long, but he was involved in some of the largest sweeping changes in the entire history of our country. Like he involved. Um, this is a man. This is a man who had. Uh, you know, his button was on the nuclear football, right? Like, yeah, yeah I, the, the, the pretending of, I, I would honestly find it much more endearing if he was honest about it. You know, if he's like, I am a member of the political elite and it's fucking gross and it's disgusting. Right. But the idea that this guy who's into like falconry as a hobby and is a Harvard graduate is going to be like, I'm not one of these guys is distasteful to me. Sure. I mean, I think he in the rogue, I watched the entire Rogan interview and, um, and he did kind of acknowledge like that, uh, sure. a little bit. Um, but like, this makes me think about my Ron DeSantis criticism we talked about. I don't know if it was on the take cast or the Patreon one, but where I said, like, if you look at the back of DeSantis's baseball card, right. You know, metaphorically speaking, he looks like a complete, 
you know, CIA operative running for office. Like he went to Yale, Harvard. He was a guard or head of the guards at Guantanamo Bay. It's like, you know, and then, yeah. and then he wore, he was been in office ever since. It's like, okay, come on. You know, you're just using this woke stuff to, to, to just, you know, push your, push your advancement of your career. So like, it's, it's kind of similar to that criticism, what you're loving against him. I, I just, I think it, I mean, I don't know. I think it's people can change like, like maybe DeSantis isn't that way. Maybe, maybe RFK isn't that way. You know, like- I'm, I would much more believe that RFK saw a light than Ron DeSantis saw a light. I, I definitely would believe that. Sure, sure. Well, what I mean, it's all this all all this depends on your perspective, too, Davis. I'm telling you, like if if you flip the script on a lot of this stuff, like, um, it it like makes it, it like you have a lot more uh, uh, charitable interpretation of of the other other side. But um, with with RFK though, I I mean, he seems completely earnest in that interview. That's and- that is what has sold me. Is he does he seems very earnest. Yeah. It, and and I think he is more of a populist, and and he says this in in the interview than right wing. Like and like I said, I don't agree with your right wing criticism. I think it's just a left wing establishment war more than any right wing principles, whatever right wing is these days. And so I think uh, like a guy who he believes the CIA killed his uncle and possibly his father, you know, um, is pretty unlikely to be a cia op, psyop yeah like they, I, do you, you, know, do you they, believe that what's, they, what's we've never that, talked about the kennedy assassination before what is what is your take i don't i i seriously i i i have no opinion on it um i've read a lot of books about the kennedy assassination really? yeah uh there's a great uh dom DeLillo book uh, called uh libra i believe which is like sort of like a fiction well it is fiction um but it's sort of like uh uh he he tells the story partly from the perspective of the cia and partly from the perspective of uh lee harvey oswald that is i would recommend it's like a an extremely good read and i mean i've read nonfiction stuff i read an unfinished life which is the you know official presidential biography of jfk and uh i mean you know part of it is we we bristle at the idea of the fragility of life you know, so we don't want to believe that a president can be shot down in cold blood by a fucking loony bin. But there is so much about Lee Harvey Oswald's existence, like documented existence, that just you'd be like, this guy is very unlikely to have not been interfered with either by Russians or the mafia or the CIA at some point. It is, it is, if I could get one conspiracy theory answered definitively like i get to i i pass on into the next realm and i get to answer one question it might be the whole story behind the assassination of jfk it's really that crazy to me yeah why wouldn't they release the the information at this point too that was supposed to be out in 2001 or 2019 whatever and they they keep hiding it i don't know i i mean like i don't know it's tough to like for something to prove so well, it'll it'll we'll never know. I mean, right. it, it, the the powers that be, if if the powers that be were involved to any degree, it will it will never be. I don't, I don't know if you on. you watched the whole interview, but he also I, you know I did not watch the has like this stoic stoic sensibility that he he mentions 
yeah. where you know he talks about like the you know the myth of Sis- the Sis- Sisyphus or however you pronounce That's it. That's the the Sisyphus. Uh, an um, I don't. I guess you'd call it a parable, maybe mm-hmm. or, or story or whatever. It's very in the culture right now. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know why that is. It's it's one of those things. Just like once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I'm seeing it everywhere these days. But like it's. I mean, it's kind of in- He's it's he's interesting when like you think like his his uncle was 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 assassinated his father was murdered in front of him you know he was there um he he you could tell he can barely talk right he's got this this speech issue which i guess he had surgery on recently and which is why he's able to kind of even talk the way he is like you read his old ones uh listen to his old his old voice it was pretty pretty brutal it's like hard to even take him seriously even though that's you know a rude thing to do but like so he's got he's got he's got all sorts of issues um and he just seems like he actually gives a fuck um which none of these other people do at all like i i think i i think i buy that um the uh, so the other interesting thing and this is at the forefront of my mind because um i'm getting really into like exercise science and nutritional science and stuff and there's sort of this position out there in the ethos that if you if you reference a study, you're a serious person. So if you reference a study and you're and the study finds X thing, that you know can't be refuted, right? It was a double blind study. It was published in Nature. It can't possibly be wrong. And I think it's pretty interesting as it pertains to vaccines, because you know I mean we had the the you know the the double maskers telling us like, oh, you just trust the science, right? Trust the science. And the science that we were being given, science that we had access to was like, oh yeah, you you, you get vaccinated, you wear the masks or whatever. And they found these things and then the science changed and oh, okay, so the science changed. And what I found so interesting is that um, studies don't really mean anything a lot of the time, Uh, you know, whether it be the sample size of the study, whether it be, uh, it wasn't able to be repeated by independent. I mean, they're all, because in- for example, in nutritional science, basically no one can agree on anything. I mean, basically every every university or every lab, even labs inside of the same university can't agree on things. Like very simple, right? Calories in, calories out when you're trying to lose weight. This is a thing. I mean, this is like the last 10 years. There's There's a new study on this every month easily, right? And you'll get one university saying, all right, we fed uh, 100 people nothing but Twinkies for a month, but we, 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 we calculated it to the microgram, exactly how much energy they were getting and how much energy they were expending. And we found, uh, you can lose weight if you just do Twinkies. Right. And then, uh, so that'll be at USC. And then, uh, I don't know, university of Colorado will do a study where they do the same thing. And they found actually, you know, emulsifiers and fake ingredients or whatever, actually, you know, it disrupts your metabolism and you can't lose weight. Uh, doing this. And and that is just one very small micro example. I mean, this is, the nutritional science is a, a multi-billion dollar thing now. And being so in the weeds on that and kind of understanding at a cellular level, I and I don't know shit about vaccines. I don't know shit about fuck. But I, I've become like a lay, a, above a lay person in like nutritional science and seeing how no one can agree on anything there. People who are way smarter than me, people with billions of dollars of research money. It makes me come to a position of just saying just because you reference a couple studies in casual passing 
it doesn't mean you're right or it doesn't mean you're wrong. It means it means you read a study, right? And I find I find that element of the vac. No one references this in the vaccine debate. They either say this study proves what I think or this study uh, disproves what you think. There's two. There's two things I'm thinking of there when you when you when you went through all that. One is um, the uh, uh, the idea of just using. The, using using it using the issue for your benefit when it suits you and using it against your enemies when it doesn't suit you right this happens constantly um and um I, the, I can't remember the second one but it'll come to me in a second so like using the issue of oh the other one was like this religious aspect of it like when it's on your side where it like when it's on your side you can't talk about it so like nutrition Right. Somebody who's a anti-vaxxer or pro-vaxxer will gladly listen to you. Right. And your studies and be like, oh, maybe that's interesting. Maybe not. Maybe not. But then you yep. do the exact same thing about vaccines and they lose their fucking mind. Right. Even though this conversation is not going to have an effect on anything in the world. You're just two dummies having, you know, a casual conversation over that one. They lose their mind when it's really comparable, which is the reason you brought it up was because it's like, like, wh why are you upset over one why, uh, and not the other? Which is something you should like ask yourself if you get upset over these issues. Um, and then the other one is they, this happens fucking constantly, David. Speaking of things you can't unsee. If you can, like, if you can, when people use issues or, or uh, you know, uh, strategies, um, um, idioms, uh, ideologies for their own benefit, when it suits them and then use it against it against them when it doesn't. So for example, here, the, the idea would be like, okay, you're not an expert Davis. So you should shut your fucking mouth. Right. You, you know, let's say right. you give a anti-vax uh, study. I'm like, you're not an expert Davis, shut your fucking mouth. You know, you shouldn't be even, this is dangerous to say. Now let's say it was something they believed in, like something with like gay rights or something like that. Right. Right. They'd be like, no, Davis, you should go out and protest and tell your neighbors and call people. You should tell everyone that it's like, well, Davis isn't an expert on gay rights. So maybe he shouldn't, right? By your own, right? So you don't, you know what I'm saying? It's not a direct correlation, but I'm just using an analogy here. So, like, whenever it suits them, uh, you know, freedom of speech, um, you know, corporations, you know, corporations, uh, they should be able to kick out these right wingers or left wing, whatever it depends. And then it's like, oh, okay, well now they kicked out some left wingers. Well, that's a violation of their free speech, right? So like, it's just constantly using these issues to your own better, which is good strategy, uh, by the way. But like, sure. that's that's used that's for people who are trying to achieve political power, which is power in general. Like, just a normal dude. You're just a you're just a shill. You know, you're just a shill for your side by 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 having no prince and having no principles. You can't Ukraine war. Same thing. Ukraine war is the exact same thing. Like if you if you flip the script and the Ukraine war was like lefties were against it, you'd immediately they would be like, a you're racist. You're only doing this because there's white people. It's all white people in Ukraine. You don't care about any of the brown I do, people. I do. I do think that is kind of a thing. <laughs> I know, by I the way, I, I, I do. I believe that because Ukraine, the Ukrainian people are white, presenting that it's easier yeah. for people to care. For and they and and the Azov battalion, the Azov battalion Nazis in 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 Ukraine, right? Even though it's like a small port portion of them or whatever, it's real. They if they didn't like this war. They would be using that fucking constantly that you hate Jews, you're anti right? They would flip the script instantly. And the reason that they 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 believe that they want to fund the Ukraine war is is just pure like um 
partisanship, pure, uh, you know, my side ideology. I, I have a tough time with the Ukraine war because I was talking about this with Denny. Um, yeah. when he came on the show a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, Denny and I share a lot of the same political sensibilities in terms of being real bleeding heart libs. But I, you know, which, and the thing he said to me, which is right, which is that there's no moral lens, no philosophical lens in which you can view anything that Putin does in a justified way. You know, he, he is evil. He is bad. And like what he is doing is not morally right. I mean, go find any philosopher you want and you're not going to find a justification for like land grabs and killing like you just you know i mean you could dig so deep into frederick Nietzsche to try and find a way to justify his stuff and you couldn't do it and that so agreeing that position but then also being extremely anti-war and and even more so for me uh anti you know inflationary spending military industrial complex all of these things yeah. it is it's hard to justify holding both of those positions right you i listened to that you had him and you lost and you lost like your uh your place so like you you started using the analogy of the iraq war and weapons of mass destruction and who's you know prosecuting this war and look how bad they've done in his you know uh, previously and look at all these endless wars that were been in right you started down that path and then you got like a fact wrong and he caught you and he said something on that fact. And then he went straight into Putin's a singular evil. And you just which, started, which I, which I agree with him on. Right, I but, do. But, I do agree with him. But on then, that. but then he gets the, but then he gets to forget about this leftist talking point of weapons, of mass destructions and these uh, illegal wars that were prosecuted by the Bush administration. And of course, Obama and Biden and Trump later on. I don't, right? I don't think it's, I don't because, think it's forgetting. Cause that's cognitive dissonance because it's, it, it, he was right. I, I don't even know this, but I guarantee he opposed those wars and, um, and he was right to do it. And for the same reasons you'd be right to oppose these wars. And there's also even more, more so uh, because the threat of nuclear destruction is, is way more legitimate it's, uh, it's against very Russia. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and for the same reasons, you'd want to spend that money at home as a leftist, right? This yes. is the this is always I mean that's the... that's my largest critique of war is that is that the military industrial complex could be used to completely change lives for hundreds of millions of Americans. You know that's that's yeah. my huge because because again, you know, I don't believe that taxation is theft uh, or anything like that. So well, so we have and... a different understanding there. Right, right, sure. Which is which, which is fair argument. Like, I don't want you to use my my dollars in these wars. Like, well, fuck you. But that yeah. doesn't matter. Um, uh, but like this, that 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 there's bad guys all over the planet. So America is responsible for for stopping every bad thing, right? This is neocon. Uh, this is neocon one hundred and one. Yeah, that very, America very should police. Hawkish. America should police the world. There's bad guys in border disputes all over, and we need to be involved. That's why we have hundreds of bases across across the world. Uh, I mean, this is the reason we had 9-11 was by the CIA's definition, it was blowback from our foreign policy, you know, from uh, bin Laden's mouth saying this is because of your interventions in the Middle East. Right. Trying to bring democracy and all this all this nonsense uh, across the world. Right. And, 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 and domino theory. Is another one these neocons will pull out and the leftists now who are war hawks too, that if you don't stop Putin, it's going to take over Poland. I didn't even want to talk about Ukraine, but we're doing it. 
you know, they're going to take. I don't really want to talk about Ukraine because I don't. I don't have nothing to add, and I've not spent enough time educating myself on it. Like I don't have anything intelligent to add. Well, we could go. That. We could go back to RFK, but just let me. This, this, let me just finish with this. This domino theory is just fucking so dumb. Like that was what they were using. Yeah, it was the. This was the, the Korean Vietnam War. Argument. They were using yeah. it. Korean War, Vietnam War, Afghanistan one, you know, Charlie's War, Wilson's War, and then Afghanistan two. It's like we don't stop them here. They're gonna take over there. It's like we couldn't even we couldn't even change Afghanistan after 20 years being the richest country the world's ever known, the most powerful military force the world's ever known, and we couldn't even evacuate in an orderly fashion. Do you think Russia with the size of economy of like whatever fucking Pennsylvania, if that is going to be able to hold Ukraine, Poland, Lithuania, give me a fucking break. It's 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 pure neocon fallacy. The guy's bad, but it's not like we live in a world without trade-offs. So, like the sure, we can go to war with Russia. We could fund them and but like what are the trade-offs? They're very costly. Um, and like now there's reports out that, you know, RFK just retweeted this, that, uh, um, Israel, um, it was Israel negotiated some sort of peace in 2022 between the two of them and the U S ixnated. So who knows if that's true? I like, can't. I literally. I cannot even allow us to bring up Israel in this because we are. <laughs> we are both some gentile legally? motherfuckers. I no. It's just we have nothing intelligent to add when it pertains to Israel. Well, this is. I mean, this. But this is just a report that's actually in 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 you know in the in newspapers and stuff. I don't know anything about Israel, but like this report, you don't need to be an expert to to just just speak out. But again, now you're doing the whole expert thing. Right. Like, oh, you can't uh, you can't. I don't want to say I don't want to say anything about Israel because I will (laughs) say something. I will say something that I don't think about and that is politically incorrect or that is wrong or that is offensive. And I'm not trying to go there. So with with back to RFK, the the um, the like sincerity of how he delivers. uh, My issue, one of my issues with him, of course, is he's he's a lefty. And so he has all these lefty policies yeah. And you, and it, again, with like being, being logically consistent here, this is like, it's like, okay, RFK, if you think all these agencies are captured, which, I, which right. I agree with, and you agree with, then how, you don't think the, the, the FDA is captured? The, you, don't you don't think, you don't think, uh, uh, not the F, the fucking environmental one. You don't think that all the environmental well, agencies are captured by, well, by he, big banks? No, he says that though. He says the, cause he's an environmental lawyer. Yeah. And so like that's his main issue is 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 suing the government to like he talked about how he he was responsible for cleaning up the Hudson River. And so like that's his that's his big issue. But he 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 also says the pharmaceutical industries have captured the CDC and other uh, uh, regulatory agencies with that have to do with with medicine. And and so like, but okay, okay, fine. Let's all agree. Let's just agree agree with them, which I do, but let's just say you had to agree with them. Okay, well then, what about the FDA? What about uh, what about your your um, you know your uh, uh, welfare systems? Could they possibly be captured by like Kellogg's and sugary drinks and Amazon to make you know to make sure that they all these food stamps that they can be used for whatever in in these um, in their stores or who knows, right? I, I've never worked there, so I don't know. But like, it just logic dictates why wouldn't these lefty agencies be captured well i mean 
so I sympathize with this, obviously, as uh, as a lefty, because you you reach a point where you're like, okay, you know, I believe X, Y, and Z. I believe that the state should help people in X, Y, and Z ways. That the state should uh, regulate finance in X, Y, and Z ways. That the state should, you know, I- implement environmental protections in X, Y, and Z ways. And so, if you believe that, which I do. And then it comes to the implement. This is, you know, this is when we we leave the classroom and we enter the real world, and then you just get depressed because you're like, well, lobbyists exist. Uh, you know, you have former, you have people who are, uh, you know, you, they switch careers. There were, you know, lawyers for Raytheon, then end up working in the government, and then it just it becomes depressing very quickly. And I think obviously the idea uh, for RFK Jr. as a presidential candidate would be. Uh, I can bypass some of these captured agencies. I can I can fight through the muck, and I can fight through the the swamp, and implement you know my non captured ideas. Basically, I I uh, I agree with that. I think that's like the only possible strategy um, in this current system is you have to kind of go in like Caesar, and yeah. and and conquer these these rogue, you know, quote unquote, rogue agencies rogue because they're captured by uh, big business. You have to go in, you just get rid of them. You, you start something new or you re I guess you reuse them and then just fire everybody. Um, I'm skeptical that anyone could pull anything off. I don't, I'm, but like, at least he uh, comes off unless you're in my yeah, opinion, Trump. Trump couldn't even build the fucking wall. He, this is the Trump fucking thing. The 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 biggest thing I I harp on. I told you this bunch of times. Is this whole fourth dimensional uh, chess player guy? Like it's such. Like I wanted him. Like I, first of all, I you know I didn't want him. I was a huge lefty when he first got elected. But like in hindsight, I would have loved it if he would have came in like a wrecking ball and drained the swamp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he he didn't at all in any way. At all. This is why the I think the the establishment that's like opposing him is making a big mistake. Like all they have to do is go, Trump, you know, you look you look like you lost weight today. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you can you pass my bill? Sure, sure. You know, the guy is totally uh a you know, a doofus. Like um, he would just he just he's just like if someone's agreeable with him, he just loves them. Like like it's he has it's, no it's, moral it's, center. It's, it's so true. It's so he true. Is, I mean, he's got he, he is he is a he is a man who is so defined by the last thing he saw. You know, yeah. just like whatever he just saw is the thing that is at the forefront of his mind. Yeah. And by the way, that doesn't mean I like fucking Joe Biden either. But like um, the but like he, the idea that he's like this genius. He he hired all his all of his all of his current opponents besides DeSantis. He had in his administration, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, John Bolton, um, the yeah, talk, uh, talking about war criminals, John Bolton. Yeah. Oh God, John Bolton's complete. He should be completely. He should be in jail for the rest of his life at a minimum. Um, there's no consequences for any of these people, which is why this whole thing happens. And and the incentives are 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 perverse, which is why the system is is so fucked up. But um, uh, who, who else? Uh, uh, who else? Pence. Pence is running against them. Uh, Pence is running against him. and uh, the Pompeo, Pompeo's running against him. He, everyone he hired is is his enemy. Like, the, what a fucking idiot, you know? Like, 
he hired all these. He just would watch Fox News and be like, oh, I liked what John Bolton said here. You want a job? No, no thought. Uh, completely got hand handled by the establishment hand handled like uh, they, they, you know, they, they, they say he's a Russian spy that just ruins his complete four years. Right. Turns out all that was bullshit, um, which, by the way, they shouldn't do like that. Uh, they should be prosecuted for that, too. Um, the media just completely handles him. Right. His poll numbers are in the shitter and he's and he's got like three fucking indictments currently against him. Right. Two and then one on the way with Georgia. So just completely handled. So like, hey, if Trump was your guy, like, uh, you know, I, I wish he was what he said he would be like. But like he's he's clearly he's clearly not playing playing chess here. Like, give me a fucking break. So like I but I also don't think RFK is is able to pull it off. But like, if he really, if he really thinks they killed his dad, like, I mean, in this, like I said, in this system, I think this is the kind of guy, this is all you can ask for is a guy who is earnest. He's not, he's not incentivized by uh, the money because he's already rich. He's already famous. He's actually, he's just going in there. You might disagree with all his shit, but like that's the only the only way is to go in there with a sledgehammer. Like you can't go in there and be like, "I'm going to use the power of uh, I'm gonna, the veto," <laughs> you know? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to encourage the other side to vote for my bill. There's this. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. There's this other interesting thing about vaccines um, and and vaccine uh, opposition. You know, being anti-vaccine and and RFK. I think to be fair, he says he's not anti-vaccine. I don't know if I buy that. He's on like all these, he's, uh, he's on like this board that makes like these shitty anti-vax documentaries. Um, there, there is, I mean, speaking of cognitive dissonance, there is this cognitive dissonance. Uh, and I feel this sometimes of being anti big pharma. Uh, you know, all they want to do is get people hooked on opioids and stuff while also being absolutely forced to acknowledge that big pharmaceutical companies have been at the forefront of some of the largest advancements in human history in terms of what we were able to do. Uh, now, treating cancer, we haven't gotten there yet. We'll see. I actually just read this amazing book by uh, Peter Atia uh, called Outlive, and he goes really deep into what you know what we're doing to fight cancer and all this stuff. Great book. Uh, 10 and 10 recommend to everyone out there. But what we are able to do in terms of protecting and healing the human body, it makes the idea of being anti big pharma anti big hospitals you know all this stuff it it's laughable it it is because what we can actually do to keep the human body alive or to recover the human body i mean even 50 years ago people would have n- not believed that any of this was possible they would have said no way it'll never happen it it, it like so to be anti vaccine and say you know these people are just trying to make money off you and they are trying to make money off you right i mean let, let's be clear about it uh, the whole system is set up to funnel dollars to these big companies, but just because they are for profit and they have these record breaking profits does not uh, eliminate them from giving you something that helps you that makes your life better. I, I, I agree. And this is this is where I depart with the lefties is profit is not evil. It's a great the greatest feedback me- mechanism we've we've ever developed and 
a great motivator for, you know, voluntary exchange. Like you could use forget vaccines for a second. Like you could be a Jewish guy in New York. Oh, back to Jews here. You could be a Jewish guy in New York and get a cab ride from like a Muslim dude. And like, there's no big deal, right? You just get like, you know, here's your money. Thanks for your ride. Right. And what, like the Muslim guy's not doing it. You know, he could be completely non-religious. I'm not saying every Muslim person is super religious, but he could be doing it out of the goodness of his heart. No, he's doing it for money. Like, and like, if you buy food from a restaurant, do you just want the guy to do it out of the goodness of his heart? Or do you want to be motivated for profit to have a good business? Right. So like, uh, and, and also just like the way resources are distributed, it's uh, a crucial mechanism. There's no way to run a firm or a country or anything without uh, uh, a profit loss feedback mechanism. If you, if, if you think about it and use examples like trying to run a pizza shop or something like that. Um, so like pharma also has that. The issue is when pharma gets in bed, with the regulatory agencies that regulate it. That's when the perverse outcomes can happen because then they regulate that they can't be sued or that you, the same thing with, with, with like the food issues where they regulated that, that cereal was a healthy breakfast back in the day and stuff oh, like nothing, that. Nothing gets me more triggered than, cause this is, this, uh, this goes back to the, you know, things you're an expert on and things you don't know anything about where the, the Gelman amnesia thing where it's like, mm. I don't know shit about vaccines really so my my default is to just accept whatever the most current data is whereas like with food i have much more uh informed and strong opinions so like when i see something uh you know about uh, yeah, about breakfast cereal or or saying you know butter is bad and vegetable oil is good or whatever that really grinds my gears and that really gets me being like well these people don't know fucking anything and they're they're actively harming people you know what i mean I agree, but there's also like this expert thing. I I can't stand this is big now because of the whole JFK debate thing with Rogan. But it's like, I if I'm making a point that based on human behavior, you know, they humans are incentivized, you know, through money, and agencies can get out of control, or 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 a pharmaceutical or companies in general can get out of control if they're not regulated, right? This is a leftist talking point. And then saying if, but if you buy off an agency, then you're not regulated and that's a bad thing. Like, I don't have to be an expert in everything to just be like, hey, can we have, can we, can we uh, uh, um, have this conversation about, about uh, this, this just theory of are they captured or not? It's like, well, you're not an expert in food. You're not an expert in vaccines. You can't have that, even that conversation. Sure. I mean, I guess, and I mean, the other thing that obviously like doesn't enter uh, into this conversation is that there are a lot of vaccines that are universally uh, accepted as safe and that people take and that work, right? I mean, there are, there are literally, I mean, you know, every kid has to go get their, uh, what is it, their, their tetanus shot and their, what is it, meningitis and like a lot of like, and, and these are, these are literally things that like, a fucking hundred years ago would have just killed you. You you would have just you you get you get uh, or you step on a rusty nail and like that's it, dude. That's curtains for you. And so I find the uh, there. Are, I'm sure. And look, I'm sure there are countless people who are uh, you know they have a more nuanced take. But I find the position of just being anti-vaccine in general or being afraid of vaccines, being afraid of modern medicine. Those are positions that I find 
uh, hard to be tenable. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Like there's extreme, like extremism in, in, you know, every, every area, but like, uh, I think you can have that, the position too, of, I disagree. Like, I agree that like, there's been a lot of good through, you know, these, these elimination of these diseases. I think there's been a lot of good um by the advancement in these the medical industry due to these companies and still have the thought that um well maybe at a certain point the regulatory bodies have been captured by these companies and even though they're still doing some good they're not providing they're they're not be, like for example we um we can't sue them, uh, right? Like the sure. whole the and again now now we're, we're but, but that expert. should be that that yeah. should be that should be. I mean, so the not suing is sort of interesting because uh, I guess the the primary experience that most people would have with that would be like, oh, you you get a botched surgery or your doctor prescribes you the wrong thing or whatever, and you know they have. Uh, yeah, they have malpractice insurance. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of layers of insulation. Um, but you definitely don't want to live in a society where where doctors are afraid to treat you, uh, or or whatever, because they might get they might get sued. Like that that would be a nightmare. That would be horrible. Yeah. Now, again, back to this expert thing. Uh, I mean, just in general, I have no fucking clue how vaccines work. What what wouldn't make what de- definitely does not make sense to me. What does not track for me at all is uh you know these anti-vax talking points of oh they're they're trying to make you sick they're trying to kill you they're trying to limit the population they're trying to make you sick or weak or whatever that does not track for me at all that's yeah pretty deep conspiracy you need some evidence i think just the mo- money motive is plenty for yes, uh, you that's know, right they, they, they'd that's give plenty. you a, they'd give you a shot of fucking tylenol if they got their 80 dollars a dose or whatever like that that's the profit mechanism is what seems to matter not so much the yeah. the making well, I mean is that, that was RFK's argument was like then they'll they'll say okay we need to mandate this for kids like the hepatitis B shot or something is what he said uh and it's like but that's like for sexually active people you don't need to give it to them till they're like 15 or something but like they say they're like okay but if we get it mandated for children that's like an extra 1 billion every year in profits and they have to do it cuz they can't go to school if they don't get all their shots and stuff like that so I, I think like people are, are binary thinkers and then they attribute that to their uh, interlocutors, which is why you can't have these e- like I, I, I assume a lot of these vaccines did a lot of good polio. Right. But I can also have this thought that there might be some issues with the regu- regulatory bodies being captured. Like that's not that hard to grasp. You don't need to be an expert. And I think it's completely fine to have that conversation. Um, here, here's, here's an, another talking point is like, you'll bring, you'll bring, uh, you know, death and destruction on the world by having these conversations, right? That's why you can't go on Joe Rogan because you're just gonna, you're just gonna, uh, uh, people are dumb as fuck. And then they're going to hear these. Well, my, my issue is that Joe Rogan is kind of dumb. My, that my, my, the reason why I've never gotten too into it is that he doesn't seem to be a particularly critical thinker. So he just sort of accepts what people are saying to him. 
and I look, I'm not here to rail on Rogan. I don't think Rogan is this like, you know, uh, uh, CIA plant to like, uh, you know, radicalize young men. I, I don't buy any of that. It's just like, if I'm going to go into the bro science sphere, I like really greatly prefer Huberman's approach to it, which is much more critical and uh, receptive to feedback and, and things like that. And Huberman's been on Rogan. And, yeah. you know, I like I get like a lot of the a lot of the it's sort of interesting. And I, I'm I would be very curious why this is. But there's a big intersection between right wing populist talk and health and fitness bros. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but like a lot of, you know, like right wing dudes are into Huberman, which is, uh, yeah, I don't know. And they're, they're definitely, I mean, look, we're talking about vaccines. We're talking about health and there is, sort there's been sort of this, uh, movement of like going back to, uh, you know, nothing unnatural, right? So whole foods don't, don't get vaccinated or whatever, you know, don't, don't put anything unnatural in your body, which sounds good. It sounds really good in theory, right? Like, oh, just live live how your ancestors lived, which is, of course, to deny that your ancestors died at, like, 42 a lot of the time. Yeah, that, but that was because of infant mortality. Like, they would still normally live into their 60s and 70s even back then, but it was much lower yes. because it depends on the time period. With Rogan, though, really quick, he acknowledges he's a dummy and then invites two experts on to, to debate sure. each other with a giant, his giant platform, which yeah. is almost more noble than anything. And he, and he, when he said to this, this, uh, Oh God, I can't remember his name. The, the scientist of X Hotez Hotez. He said, you know, come on, debate them or recommend somebody else. So it's like, what, you know, what else do you want from this fucking guy? You know what I mean? Just don't talk about it. Don't bring it up. No, like, I've got, I've got, I, I want it not, on the record. You. No, no, but I just, it's important because people do sort of yeah. think of me as this fucking, you know, crying soy jack lib guy who's like really offended by the existence of Joe Rogan. It's not for me. The podcast is literally not designed for me. Um, and that's fine. But like, I, what, I also very much understand this guy being like, I'm not fucking going on Joe Rogan to get shout it over while I try and reference like my life's work. Like I very much understand why going into a, a bad faith argument against an opponent who you think is beneath you. Like I get not doing that. Sure. But like characterizing RFK as that, I think's wrong. Having now watched him a bit, he definitely would not sure. be shouting over anybody. He's completely earnest and seems like he's a, a thoughtful, nice guy who can be swayed by better arguments. Sure. I, the, the whole expert thing is just fucking annoying. Again, I swear they would use it if it was the other way around. They would they would use it against them. They would they would play the complete opposite uh, strategy. They'd be like, no, you have to debate them because of X, Y, and Z, right? It would be like, oh, Joe Rogan, you're a coward for not allowing this this uh, whatever race scientist to debate you know whoever on your show. And he does let like lefties do come on. A, show, lot, right? a lot of lefties yeah bernie he endorsed bernie yeah yeah so I, I don't, again, I, it's not right wing they're just all lefties they're all fucking lefties and it's just a lefty civil war or or establishment versus lefty or something like that they're all lefties there are no there are no readies left davis you could be you could be you could be sleep safe at night have you read frederick nietzsche no so I've been reading, I'm reading, I read uh, Twilight of the Idols and I'm reading The Antichrist right now. And the whole time I was thinking you'd be, you'd be really into it. And I also think 
this you know crazy german philosophy from the late 1800s is also like so crazy applicable to this the society that we live in now and obviously kids are never gonna fucking read nietzsche and like there's also this problem with philosophy that's a lot about self-reliance and and self-development and and um the strength that bad actors and and uh anti-woke bros pick up on like the the stoics have all been ruined by instagram basically it's just people take totally taking the wrong lessons and all this shit but his idea of christianity perverting the western mind is so fascinating to me especially because we're not a religious society anymore but we are still so the the christian ideals of uh you know pity and uh the weak will be the strong and and you know the 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 meek one hair at the earth type stuff is so pervasive it's it's the undercurrent of everything it it really is and having that uh it's it's really a once you see it you can't unsee it type thing can you give an example so uh I mean, it could be vaccines, it could be uh, social programs or whatever, like Nietzsche would have been that that is born out of the idea that the, that that being strong, and that having wealth and resources is in some way uh, bad, right, that that being rich is bad, right? It's uh, what what's the what's the line from the Bible? It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. You know, just the idea that the weak are to be cared for. The weak are to be pitied, and um, being too strong or too proud or too successful is actually something that you should feel bad about and apologize for. Mm. You think that's part of the undercurrent of society? I think that feeds into. I think that feeds into everything. Yeah, I think I, that I think feeds in. Like that's the, the that, that's like, the defining philosophy of leftism right of of being a, a left thinker is that if you leave people to their own devices they will separate and treat each other unfairly and the the masses will suffer at the hands of the few i think the defining trait of leftism is to shame others to make yourself feel good <laughs> and yeah to... well that is that is what you think <laughs> but that's bullshit yeah no i mean that's how they behave so you know revealed preferences um, or basically whatever these in whatever the establishment narrative is, you 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 show that and but act like you're brave and not and not uh, just projecting the uh, the vast majority of reasonable people's opinions. That's modern day leftism. Yeah, but uh, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about. I'm but not don't you think about... like there's a lot of people who puff themselves up like rappers and like people who idolize rappers and sp- athletes and. They're not very meek, and uh, maybe I misunderstood you, but I don't know. I feel no, like no, no. And 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 uh, Nietzsche's philosophy would say that's that's good. You should you should want to be strong. You should want to be unreliant on Christian morality. You should want to be as strong and as powerful and as independent. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not a fucking I'm not an expert here, but I just I, as I'm as I'm reading his stuff, I am I'm finding this uh uh it's it's really what it is is it's you know it's the flowers for algernon uh anti anti-socialism parable you know about about having to weaken the you know having to put physical limitations on on the strongest people you know making everyone 
equal. That is that is really born out of a Christian ethos. Hmm. Interesting. I always think about the LeBron James example I use, like for that that kind of commie thinking, where like if you could redistribute it all the wealth, um, evenly. Like the moment you allow LeBron James back on the court and the charge, like voluntary interaction, he will eventually, he will like almost instantaneously be a millionaire and then eventually a billionaire because people want to go see him and he's that good. You know, LeBron in his prime, let's say. Sure. So like, and and then like, and then you go like, oh, I hate billionaires. I hate, it's like, you literally gave him the money, sports fan. <laughs> you handed it to him. You bought his jerseys. He is now love, rich because of you jerseys. and it's just like so obvious in sports and we deal, we know we live in this world. So like for these dumb uh, commies who are huge sports fans, it's like you clearly are the ones making them rich. And uh, by the way, it works with that with like almost every other com- company too. That's not in bed with the state like that, that needs your money voluntarily. Like they get rich by you giving Amazon the fucking money. Although I'm sure Amazon's doing plenty of shady shit. I'm not, that's a probably a bad example, but like, you're, so like, even if you made everything equal tomorrow in six years, it's going to be drastically the, the money, the money would be evenly unevenly distributed unless, unless the state stepped in and you would have kept- to step in every 10 years. And even then it won't work because like, even in prisons, the most heavily regulated area human beings can be in America, things aren't equal, right? They have different, yeah. they have different, uh, you know, amount of cigarettes, their their hierarchies and strength and, uh, you know, all sorts of horrible things going on there. Like, like there's no way they could do it because people aren't equal. LeBron James is better at basketball than you. And you're willing to give him money voluntarily. So therefore he will be a billionaire and you will not, unless you can think of something that will also uh, attract dollars voluntarily from other people. And then everything else is coercion. But school teachers should be paid more. <laughs> like I, I mean, just, you know, there is like, it, it is one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, humans can't even really be saved from themselves because the, obviously they would rather watch LeBron James pay basketball than pay an extra uh, 2% in taxes that, that was evenly distributed among school teachers. But I think a lot of people, I think it would be a really reasonable position that many people would agree on that the people who are shaping the minds of the youth of the country should be more properly compensated, but then they go to go vote and they're like, I'm not paying more fucking taxes. But you're, I mean, you're compensated based on your skill level, the amount of people who are willing to do this position, right? Like if there's, if, if it's, it's, it's not based on importance, right? Cause there's plenty of important things. Like, I mean, shit, making shoes is important. If we don't have shoes, we're going to get frostbite here in Chicago. Like we have to have shoes. Like, should that be regulated? Uh, Food. You need food, but it's already heavily regulated. But like, if you want the government to completely control food, you're a fool because the the reason, the reason that the the teaching system so screwed up is because of this consequences and incentives issue. And they don't have a feedback mechanism. How many teachers should you have per classroom? How much should the teachers get paid? They have no idea. They're just guessing. Sure. Like how much can we raise taxes and then give it to these teachers? We don't know because you need to run a school like a business. But so the like, issue with the issue if, is if you did that, 
with the current wealth distribution in the United States, so many people are poor that they just wouldn't be able to, their kids right. just wouldn't get educated. But this is also another, another that binary thinking. Well, isn't there like, I don't know, a trillion different possibilities in between what we have now and that? Like, how about we subsidize them? Or maybe we use the schools for the state schools, but just focus on getting those kids the help they need. A million sure. or a million other different outcomes, right? But no, no, we got to pay the teachers more. That's going to solve it. I mean, I don't know if it solves it. It just makes life better for a subsect of the population. That's pretty important. <laughs> That's true, but I don't think it's going to uh, increase the, because we, I mean, we have the numbers of dollars spent per kids has increased every year for, for the, I mean, for, for like yeah, 15 Yeah, because there are more dollars, bro. The, 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 <laughs> the print, the print. I don't know print. if it is inflation adjusted. Good point. But every, we spent, we spend more and tax more every, every decade is what you know however they break up the numbers there's more and more like in chicago we spent thirty three thousand dollars per kid or something like that over thirty thousand dollars per kid and like the the report just came out from 2022 like 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 it's they're ridiculously uh bad reports i don't even want to say them because it sounds like racist you know what i mean but like the the num the numbers are they're they're not reading at grade level like 80 percent of kids or something like that like just go look um and what you know 33,000, like the average in Illinois, the average private school is like 12,800 or $14,000. So like we're paying double, over double for CPS schools and you're getting dirt poor shit results. It's not because they're not getting paid enough. It's because they, you can't administer a business. You can't administer resources in a, in a socialist fashion. Eventually you're going to, it's going to collapse on itself because you don't know, you're just guessing. You're just wasting money. You're just guessing. I don't know. Let's do 12 students per class. Let's do 30 students per class. Let's give teachers 70,000. Um, there's also like incentive issues with the legislature when they negotiate the teacher salaries. They don't want to raise taxes on their constituents, but they right. want to give the teachers the most money possible. So what they do is they kick the can down the road and give them higher benefits. And then that's why we have uh, these uh, unfunded liability issues in all these major cities and a lot of the, the blue states is because they just kept giving them more and more benefits instead of raising wages because wages you'd have to pay higher taxes, right? And so this just, this just, and then now they're like, oh my God, we have this uh, pension problem with the teachers. What are we going to do? It's like, you caused this problem, you fucking cunts, right? <laughs> you caused it. The, the legislators, I'm saying, and people like you who are going, we need to pay them more without thinking it through. But like, you have no power. No, I've thought it through. I've thought it through while you've been talking. I'm still fine with it. I'm still, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. If it means the, the, the police department has like one less tank or something, <laughs> but you could also do that. You could reform the police department too. I mean, um, uh, like, just like, you know, where, where I'm, where I'm living up here, like one cop car patrol every, every now and again is all you basically need. Like we can't, we yeah. can't, we can't, we can't fund that through our insurance homeowners association, you know, our homeowners insurance. Just have a cop come by, you know, like uh, uh, even if it's a private cop and then have like the, the, the cop tanks be like the fire department. Like they come when shit hits the fan. You know what I mean? Sure. Now there's some areas that need heavy, heavy policing, but then they get the worst policing. They get like none of it or. Yeah, over, they get, du or, they get dudes who wear Punisher t-shirts who come yeah, in. So like you, why wouldn't you want them to pick their own uh, police force? You know, if you go, oh, this cop's racist. Well, guess what? 
call your call call your Amazon police force. They will get rid of him instantly. Anyone who's dealt with Amazon customer service, th- try dealing with your local unemployment insurance office compared to Amazon's customer service and see which one's better for you. See how much your vote matters there. All right, let's one last topic before we yeah. get out of here. I want to talk about these uh, the the Coinbase and Binance lawsuits from Gary Gensler and, and the SEC. Uh, I mean, you and I are both Bitcoin first, and there there definitely is this move that I find this is like the mis- most distasteful thing to me in in all of politics. The whole sphere is Bitcoiners being like, "Dude, Gary Gensler, he's just applying the Howey test, bro." You know, like how fucked up is that for for Bitcoiners who are like. Uh, so anti-government, so uh, you know, sovereign, you know, uh, sovereignty, sovereignty, so- sovereign? sovereign, sovereignty, sovereignty, sovereignty. First, yeah, <laughs> I, I that, that was that was tough to get out. Uh, you know, and then to be like, look, bro, the SEC is just following the law. I mean, how <laughs> fucked up? How fucked up is that? That is that is just downright fucked up. It really. Everyone is. uses this strategy when it suits them. They're but 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 Bitcoiners should be better. I mean, Bitcoiners, honestly, I hold you to a higher standard. You should all be better. Like seeing like Safadi Namus, who's been a guest on this program, like send out like a 5,000 tweet thread about how the SEC is just fairly applying the law and and the ETH bros are just sad because they got caught. I mean, that is just, that's shameful stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this like months ago, maybe even a but, year. But it's happening now, right? It's like, yeah. this was conjecture before. It's really happening now where Coinbase yeah. and Binance are being sued by the federal government. Yeah. That, you know, it kind of goes to this principle that like we talk about in gambling where it's like, oh, Vegas Dave should be in jail because, well, maybe he should, maybe he does some fraudulent stuff, but like just touts like him because they're costing, they're costing regular Joe's, you know, money and they're losing their life savings because they're listening to them and they, they're dumb and they believe them. You know, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, well, ETH, is actually evil because it has no value, not like Bitcoin. And so it's okay if the SEC does this because they're evil. You know, it's like the same fucking mentality. Uh, I, I would have thought that Safadine would be a little better on that, but I don't know. He's kind of, he's kind of, he's, he's, he's all, he's all over the place. I mean, he's, yeah, he's one, of, he's, he's one of these real, real Bitcoin bros that I still follow. Cause I think he's so smart, but he uh definitely lets i mean like everyone does lets their uh fanaticisms guide their morals to some degree my brother sent me this tweet this morning uh i'm sorry but while after watching blackrock fidelity citadel schwab and deutsche bank apply for bitcoin etf spot exchanges etc only a few days after the sec drops a tro on binance and sues coinbase how can't you think the entire past year was a giant inside job coordinated between the Wall Street parasites and government regulators so they could catch up? So before you before you respond to that, I, uh, when I was at Springfield here in Illinois at the Capitol, the negotiation between DraftKings and Bet Rivers, which is a casino, and the I'm I'm assuming more than most of the casinos, but the Bet Rivers owner is a really influential donor. Uh, was that they get a two-year head start in the sports books. So they allowed DFS to be legal, but then these sports books get two years head start unless they're bought out by another company. And so eventually DraftKings bought them out, but they still had a head start. Now the problem was like they had like there was COVID and stuff. 
So like there was all these backups and they didn't get the benefit they wanted, but it was almost, it was almost like, now this was a negotiation between two different lobbying groups, right? DraftKings and in the local casinos. Uh, but it's very similar, this kind of parasite mentality. And it, it's all at the expense of the taxpayers. And, and this is another thing where I hate these, like when we talk about, oh, I want this to happen with the schools, the teachers, I want this to happen. It's like, go there, go work there for a few years. You'll see none of that shit matters. Like it's all just a sideshow. And like, and maybe they'll address it because they might get a few extra votes or something. But like the way that most of the business is done is this kind of give and take parasite uh, negotiations. And so, you know, who knows what happened here, but like, I, I believe that I could totally see that these, these big banks and everything that just, just filed for an ETF were in, like, not, not direct cahoots, but you know, the George Carlin shared likes and interests, you know, they're at dinner, they're at lunch together. And they're like, man, it sucks that Coinbase really got ahead on this. It sure be nice if Schwab could get something. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? But you know, Coinbase, I, Coinbase and Binance didn't get ahead, though. That's the that's the thing is they they according to Brian Armstrong and and CZ and these guys, they have reached out for a long time to the SEC to try and get guidance on how to become compliant, and we're not given guidelines on how to become compliant. Sure, I'm talking about how like their evaluation was whatever billions. Remember when they first sure, came out, yeah. they, they got up to like five hundred dollars per share, and Binance that guy's worth like a trillion fucking dollars. You know, I'm. I'm I'm saying, uh, you know, and whatever. I'm making up this fictitious conversation. That yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever it would be, you know, like, uh, you know, the, without direct communication. Like, it's like, I always use the term, they work in concert, right? Like, it's just like, literally, I think like being in a, in a, um, in a uh, orchestra, you know, it's like, I don't look to Davis and go, okay, now you're going to play F sharp and I'm going to play C, you know, like we, we just, we just, we play the song together, you know, like without direct communication. This is why, like, like, like a jam, like a jam band, like the Grateful Dead. You know, <laughs> sure. John, John John Mayer comes in, he learns some of the songs, but he just kind of picks up on the vibe. Yeah, you don't have to tell them. Yeah, that was just here, by the way. My buddy had tickets, but I was busy. dude. I become a huge. I went and saw them two weeks ago here. I'm like a huge Dead. Oh now. shit! Uh, maybe that was the same concert. It it was the same tour. They so they were here on a wednesday and they were in chicago friday and saturday oh yeah okay. same same tour yeah i it's like good? all it's like oh it was incredible yeah. i'd never i never i you know i read the electric kool-aid acid test but i've never been like a huge deadhead not super into it what wasn't ever really my thing and now i'm like dude the best. i saw him right after jerry died and my uh my buddy who had the tickets he saw jerry's last show here in chicago i was gonna say he was in chicago his last one yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i saw him like they didn't play for a few years and then they like did the further fest so i saw him and you know multiple years after he died but the in the 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 whatever whatever you call it the formation it, of the whatever it was after yeah was i mayor's really good man he he oh, yeah. fits he fits right in it's unbelievable yeah. if you're if if you're listening to this and you made it however far in we are and you yeah. have not listened to Dead and Company. It's it's there. So, go see them. It's honestly, it's a trip. It's awesome. Uh, okay, where were we? Oh, all right. So the conspiracy theory now, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, smart people in crypto have said this for a long time that over a long enough time frame, if all these super big, you know, we're talking about holding companies of holding companies, right? Like the, the true 
oligarchy, not just of the United States, but of the world, gets a vested interest in Bitcoin. Eventually, you know, the idea that code is law, only 21 million, it'll never change, that eventually that will not be true, that these people actually have enough wealth and enough resources to, you know, run enough nodes, buy enough miners, whatever, to get to, you know, fork Bitcoin and pump enough liquidity in it to make Bitcoin, you know, whatever, 5.0 Bitcoin, Bitcoin corporate, whatever it is, to make that the dominant chain of record. Uh, you know, it's hard. I'm, obviously, uh, I'm not a cryptographer, uh, not an expert, right? But it does, that sounds, ex that and has always sound extremely plausible to me, that if enough people get invested, enough uh, of the truly powerful people have a financially vested interest, that it would make sense for uh, the supposedly immutable nature of Bitcoin to never change, for it actually to change as a result of that financial pressure. And in the in the theory goes that that's why this this is all happening with all the companies buying ETFs. That stuff. that 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 BlackRock eventually transitions from owning Bitcoin ETF to just owning BlackRock all, ETF. Yeah, just that that BlackRock becomes you know, the largest holder, proprietor, and miner of Bitcoin in the world. And that that probably is bad, right? To have BlackRock right. in charge of anything, to have BlackRock have that much of the resources is probably bad. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. It's like, I don't know, I'm just picturing like the old, uh, the old uh, coal mines or the railroad companies that would pay their employees in the, in the company money, not in the U.S. dollar, right? You pay, you get paid in BlackRock coin. You have to trade in black. Well, rock. okay. So, so the other shit, I wish, I mean, sometimes I wish I was smarter so I could understand some of this stuff, but the, the first person or the first sort of conspiracy I saw about this was basically like BlackRock manipulates the price of the ETF that they start and own. And via that manipulation and via that control of just so much Bitcoin that it would, it would basically lead into the Bitcoin ETF, the BlackRock Bitcoin ETF being the real price and people owning more of that than the actual coin or whatever. Um, but it, it basically comes down to, many people have said this for a long time, that you actually, with enough node control and enough miner control, you could theoretically change the number of available Bitcoin. And it would be impossible without a concerted effort of a lot of people with a lot of resources. But this was the 2017 block size wars. You know, I mean, this was a huge proposed change to Bitcoin. It forked and Bitcoin Cash, you know, theoretically Bitcoin Cash could have taken over, could have been considered the dominant chain and it wasn't. But this is a war that's been fought before, but this was a war that was fought by rich guys, not a war that was fought by the rich guys, you know? Right. And that changes, the, if, if it becomes... You know, me yeah. and my buddies with some Bitcoin and a node versus fucking BlackRock and Russia or whatever. Totally different debate, war, battle at that point. Isn't isn't that? I get, listen. I, I hear I hear all that. Isn't this kind of like Bitcoin was kind of just released into the world, and this was an inevitability, like this conflict. Like if it was to like it's self fulfilling inevitability. Like if it was gonna get big enough, it would. It's either gonna have to break through that that trend or not. You know what I mean? Like either either it, it like for Bitcoin to to be what 
we all want Bitcoin to be like this battle eventually had to be to be fought, right? Yes. yes. So like, I mean, that's that's the thing I've always said about Bitcoin, which is that a world I don't know if I want to live in a world which I actually need Bitcoin, right? Like that, that's kind of always like a, a world where Bitcoin is the reserve currency is probably like a post-apocalyptic fucking crazy place. Well, th- th- I mean, that uh, it's that's possible with even out Bitcoin at this point. Sure. Yes. True. <laughs> but but like uh, the theory, of course, you know, well, Davis would be like it would just be like now, but you just buy and sell in Bitcoin and the government can't print endless amount of money to to to, to run their endless wars and put us in, you know, $30 trillion in debt and possibly bankrupt the country. Saw, you know, saw a great tweet yesterday. The United States federal government is paying $1.3 billion per day on interest of its debts right now. It's insane. Like, I was watching this guy on YouTube who drive. he's driving through the country and just recording small little towns in Kansas and Missouri and just all the way to the East Coast in Illinois. Um, and they're just, like, wastelands, you know what I mean? They're, they're – and, and, like – you, I think you can make a direct argument, direct line of correlation causation because of the Fed and money printing and inflation ruining these people's lives. Who I bet a lot of them kill themselves or ruin their family life or put their kids through poverty all for this money printing MMT theory garbage. Uh, and none of these people will pay any price for it. Well, they do. They went to school. They they learned Keynesian economics, and they're like, "This is the right thing to do." That is the the, the one of the underlying its problems is you don't want an ideologue in these positions, <laughs> unless of yeah. course the ideology is is yours and your preferences. Then you do. Yeah. Right. Because uh, I agree with Keynesians on a lot of uh, of what you should do once the government has the money, but not necessarily because that, that was one thing that came up with Denny is that like, you know, we agree a lot on what the state should do with its resources. But Denny is obviously, you know, not not into Bitcoin, not into crypto at all. So he just doesn't he, he was not on board with the link between, you know, uh, endless, endless money printing and the the woes of the current, you know, Western world. I mean, I think I like the reason I bring it up is because like of what Bitcoin's supposed to be is not apocalyptic world, right? It's the app. Like we're, you know, you drive through middle America, you'll see like shades of apocalypse of just burnt down houses, median income of $19,000, you know, of, of just all in, in all communities of color and in non-color. Yeah. I mean, jokes on jokes on uh, us, us lib elites though, because eventually, you know, the coasts aren't going to exist anymore due to climate change. And people are going to (laughs) really, people are really going to want to live in small towns in Kansas and Missouri. If that's true, then why aren't the prices dropping? So I'm trying to buy a house in Florida and it's fucking expensive. Oh, well, because people still want to live there now. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait five years. Wait five years for you to be able to live in fucking. Yeah, yeah. That, you would, you would want to live, you would want to live in Florida. The anti, of course the, I would. the anti, oh my God. I literally cannot imagine anything worse than being forced to live in Florida or Texas. Oh, it'll be so beautiful. Oh God. Dude, yeah, I, I would, it's just, it's a, it's a shitty weather place to live, anyways. And then you well, got to I'll, with... I'll only go there in the winter. Well, fair. Uh, there's also, I, I, this might be this might be we should maybe save this for the Patreon, but I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this here. No, actually, you know what? It's too this is too this is too out there for the free feed. So I'm gonna <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this in. Um right. 
what do we got? What do we got going on? The the brick tool? Are you how how's this going? Yeah. Did you see did you see easy sheet? Did you play around with it at all? I did, yeah. And uh uh it's that's very cool. A very cool sheet. It is, put a lot it's of time and effort cool. into it. It's very cool. Yeah. Um like mine does very similar stuff, but just automated automatically for you. Yeah. On, on the site. So you just download the extension. You don't have to do anything in Excel, but I could see for like hand builders and just like, if I was young, I would probably like definitely look at that tool and be more like a live draft. That would be awesome. Something like that. Um, if the settings were adjusted properly for like just drafting with your buddies. That would yeah. Be maybe awesome. I'll like use it. Maybe I'll use it for, maybe I'll use it for my home league draft. I do. I still do one where yeah. we like go get all together in person stuff. Maybe I will. We we added a DraftKings uh, auto drafter, so now you could auto draft on DraftKings best ball without doing anything. Uh, it doesn't have the queue suggestion. I guess a lot of people like the queue suggestion thing because they don't they just want a suggestion. They don't want a picking for them. Sure. So we're gonna add that, and we're also Pete wants to add this draft capital uh, idea from Leone. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the with the the, the different buckets yes. and how much you should try to how much draft kind of you try to spend per position so that's next so that will be on the overlay so you could see as you're drafting live like how much draft capital you spent how close you are to your goals um by position and then also it'll be incorporated in the auto drafter too so um the teams will be more structured like how what buckets you want and then it'll default to the buckets that he thinks is best, but like you could change them if you want. Pretty cool. I uh, I'm way behind on DraftKings. I I've only done I've only done like fifteen of the DraftKings ten dollars. I it's a it's an issue. I gotta. The I got next update. Firing. It's getting better, Davis. It's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, as good as you, but it's it's getting better, and I think that the early tests on this draft capital stuff, it's really going to like make the teams more like intuitively look sound. Right. Cause it still has, it already has all the correlations baked in. Oh, we're, we're adding, I don't know if you watched our last show where I kind of pitched that uh, playoff schedule. Um, and like what Matt, what actually matters in, in the spreads and stuff like that. And then, so we're going to add that and then like a, like a risk uh, uh, playoff schedule, weather risk, slider so like if you just want domes and the polar the polar weather you know maybe drop drop you know ride that slider up you know if you don't care about weather just leave it low but uh i mean and for me weather's all about just you just don't want to get that the, the worst possible outcome of where you have like a stack qb two wide receiver stack in the philadelphia and it's 20 below and they hand the ball off 40 times you know no. Yeah. Like, oh, can't. great. I'm dead in the week 17. Right. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, that where I would really use this tool that was just an auto drafter that wasn't suggestions that would really just do it is I would max enter these, sh- these small ones, you know, the, the puppy, the DraftKings $3 or whatever. Like I would yeah. just click, I would just enter that a billion times and just let it run. Just let it click for me, you know, do it overnight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm probably going to start doing some of that stuff. Um, dra- uh, drafters too, like drafters. I don't want to fucking sit there and do that. Those drafts. Yeah. It's yeah. in beta too, though. So we got to make sure all the bugs are out before you just pump serious money into it. Yeah. But we'll get right, there. Man. I think we'll get there. We'll get there. 
and I will use it. I will definitely use this tool for future puppy Pomeranian poodle, whatever. Like I just don't doing, doing 300 between underdog and DraftKings is a lot anyway. Uh, I've got 49 done on underdog, uh, which is right about where I want to be. You know, if I do, if I do two a day, I'm, I'm way ahead of schedule. Uh, and I got a lake vacation coming up this next week. So I'll probably do a bunch there. I'll probably just sit out in the lake and knock. I, I actually, I hope, I hope for that. They launch another puppy so I can just do like five at a time. That would be, that would oh, be nice. ideal. You do the five um, at a time on your phone. Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. No, you can't do five at a time on desktop. It's too hard. It's too hard, ah. but on the phone, it's really easy. Um, and if you put auto drafter on, yeah, there you go. You just got to put the auto drafter on. All right, everyone, we're getting out of here. Thanks for listening. I'll uh, be back next week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.